2: happy holidays from
3: amari christian skyler caitlin jordan antonio eddie
2: and the
4: tom sumner program
2: Hey, good morning, everybody. Welcome to the show. I'm Tom Sumner. we got a packed show today. Um, we're going to be talking in a little while with Yvonne Lewis from Genesee Health Plan about a, a drive-through uh, um, vaccination opportunity going on today in the Flint area. We're going to talk with a couple of authors who've been studying... Uh, Mobs' business practices and uh, reveal some of that information in their book Relentless. Adrian Woodward, uh, or Woodland, rather, uh, joins us from AAA to talk about a recent survey they did, which surprisingly or not reveals that men maybe behave aggressively when driving a little more than women. And we'll talk with uh, Lisa Carroll about her interesting memoir, but. Uh, we're going to get started right away talking with uh, Jody Grant from uh, After School uh, uh, Program Association, uh, I haven't got the exact title right in front of me, and uh, Heather Nessel from New York Life Foundation about, uh, um, what is it we're going to be talking about? Oh, after school programming, of course. So, stay tuned, we got got... Uh, we got a lot to fit in, so we're going to get right to it. And welcome back, everybody. This is the Tom Sumner program. A new study explores what America's children and youth are doing after school, nationally and in each state. Joining me by phone to talk about this uh, this study and and some of the revelations are Jody Grant, Executive Director of After School Alliance, and Heather Nestle, President of the New York Life Foundation. Uh, Jody, Heather, welcome to the show. Thank you, Tom. Um, I guess first I want to try and get some sense of why the study is being done now at a time when we have the the pandemic, um, some people aren't even sure, really, where kids are going to be going to school from one day to the next, let alone what they're going to be doing after school. Um, how has the, the pandemic impacted after-school programs? So
0: um, I'll, I'll jump in there, and, and, and you make a good point. Tom. Is this Jody? This is, baseline, um, this is Jody. And um, the the study is a really good baseline, that, you know, looking pre-pandemic, we saw an alarming thing, which is that demand for after-school programs is through the roof, that parents recognize how much value they add for kids, not just keeping them safe, but exposing them to all sorts of opportunities and resources to really help them succeed in life. And in Michigan, for every kid that was in an after-school program, um, we found that the parents of four more wanted programs, But big barriers, um, cost, um, programs not being available, transportation precluded them from having their kids in these programs. And I think um, it's really relevant. We went back to parents to find out how COVID has changed things. And what we found is um, it's the same. Um, Most parents want their kids to be engaged in after-school programs now. It's 50%. Um, whether it's virtual or even better, in person. And we're seeing many after-school programs. um, You know, the reality is for most kids now, after-school is all the time. So instead of, um, you know, it just being a couple hours a day, we have programs literally contorting themselves to be serving children, um, some of them all day long, um, both in person and virtually. Um, And Heather, I know you wanted to add.
5: Yeah, I would just add that, you know, quality after-school programs have a long history of also helping students who are falling behind academically and struggling with social-emotional development. And, you know, what we see now because of the pandemic is that really virtually all children are struggling with those things. So I think, you know, the after-school question is even more relevant with the pandemic because we're going to need these programs to help fill that gap as children start to sort of re-enter physical school and we start to contemplate what the longer-term effects of the pandemic are on our children. So I think, you know, again, these quality after-school programs have been bridging that gap forever, and they're going to be even more relevant now.
2: In terms of uh, academic slide, for example.
0: Well, and I would also uh, say while we're... Well, we're concerned about academic slide, Tom. Um, I think that most parents, and this is clear in our most recent survey, are really concerned about the um, mental state of their kids, social-emotional skills. um, Some of them have experienced trauma. So I think before we can even think about academics, we need to make sure that our kids feel safe physically and mentally.
2: Whatever happened uh, to the phrase latchkey kids, did that go by the wayside? Do you they have-
0: still exist. Um, so, um, so you know, the sad part is um, far too many kids are still left home alone. Um, we've seen that number drop a little, but um, we've actually seen it go up for elementary school kids. And um, in Michigan alone, it's um, almost 240,000 children are home on their own. And what we know is that those kids are losing out on opportunities. They're losing out on whether it's internships or apprenticeships or hands-on learning, coding, robotics, all of the fun things um, that are really um, inspiring learning in after school, um, not to mention there, um, at, you know, we know that the hours um, after school in general are the prime time for juvenile crime. It's when kids are most likely to be victims of crime and, um, you know, big growing um, concerns just social isolation and gaming and screen time.
6: What Interestingly,
5: I think one opportunity that has come from the pandemic is that these after-school programs have had to pivot and be creative, and a lot of them have moved online. So I think once we come out of the pandemic, we'll see a lot more options for children who may be by themselves at home but could log on to an after-school program that is a quality program that offers them some of the same benefits um, as an in-person program would.
2: What do after-school programs look like? in this day and age?
0: So, um, that's a a great question, and I would say that, you know, traditionally your after-school program has a variety of enrichment options for kids, Um, everything from writing their own books to coding to robotics uh, to mentoring to, you know, academic support, both um, for kids to catch up but also for kids to get ahead physical activity, meals, and for the programs that are operating in person, particularly those that are doing learning centers and hubs, it looks like all that, plus a space where kids have access to Internet and computer technology to their virtual learning. Um, And I'm going to turn over to Heather to talk about some of the incredible stuff that's, um, that's going on virtually too.
5: Yeah, I'd agree. I mean, I think I, I was reading an article just this morning about a program in South Jersey that has pivoted completely to all virtual. And what they've done is not just taken you know, the offerings that they offered in person and moved them online. They've actually created new offerings. So instead of in-person sports, they're now doing e-sports tournaments. And so what we've seen with after-school programs and summer programs is they've always been attuned to what um, kids are interested in you know one of the nice things about after school is that because they don't have to prescribe such a a strict curriculum they're able to really engage children where they are um, and find ways to get them excited about learning and in a new way and so i think that has really continued during this time and we've seen programs be really creative in offering new and exciting and engaging options for kids
2: And I want to
0: add that we've seen programs deliver meals, deliver lesson plans, deliver science toolkits to do experiments at home. Um, There's, you know, yoga classes, soccer drills. So we're seeing, you know, and we're literally seeing some of these programs because, you know, sadly, some kids are just disappearing. I'm tracking the kids down, going and showing up on their porch, um, socially distanced, to make sure that they and their families are okay.
2: The... um at this, at this particular time, with the pandemic going on, um, a, a lot of parents are working from home, and they can oversee these things. But to what degree are after-school programs requiring kids to be disciplined to participate, especially as they go more online? One of the best things
0: about after-school is kids vote with their feet and that's true whether it's virtual or in person so one of the challenges that our field has had is how do we really up our game virtually um, and I think the field has um, for those kids because um, we want them to stay engaged and, um, and absolutely the attendance isn't what it was before but um, when we've talked to kids, we've talked to programs, um, they, they want to um, come participate. It's their chance to talk to their friends, to talk to their mentors. It's also, I would say, for working parents, it's a lifeline because it is really hard to maintain your job with all the stress around if you're also supporting your kid in their learning um, 24-7. And the reality is um you know, not every kid can just go sit at a computer screen and learn on their own. They need support from whoever around them, whatever those adults are. So I think that for parents that are lucky enough to work at home, um, after-school programs are a lifeline. And for parents that are not working at home, um, that's where it's so critical to have some of these centers and hubs um, so that kids can be somewhere safe and learning.
5: Yeah, and we've seen, you know, in normal times when uh, children participate in after-school programs, let's say in their school but after school, those programs are often a driver for better attendance in school because children know they won't be able to participate after school unless they go to school and participate in school. And so what we've seen is that after-school programs can actually drive higher attendance, more attention being paid in class, less um, discipline issues, because children are motivated
0: to participate in those after-school activities.
6: And, and, and it's
0: one of the best models in the country is actually happening in Flint, Michigan. So um, in Flint, um, the school district has actually been working with the after-school programs so that they have had a seamless um, curriculum. So that when the school curriculum turns off, the enrichment and the after-school um, turns on, and that's one of the things that you know is really extraordinary in the places where the after-school programs have had really strong relationships with the school districts. Um, they're able to work side-by-side to support kids through this time.
2: I remember when I was uh, school age, after-school programs really amounted to playing basketball at a local community center or uh, perhaps at school after school. Um, How... How well are kids receiving the idea that they're doing more school after school?
0: So um, that's, a, that's a really good question, and I would say the after-school curriculum these days is extraordinary. But the key to after-school is it needs to be fun, it needs to be engaging, we want to push kids out of their comfort zone but without being graded and tested on it. So if you walk into an after-school program today, depending on the age of the kids, you might see them building a Rube Goldberg machine or um, a robotic hands or flying drones around or doing surgery through a computer. Um, so it, it's um, and a lot of times kids um, will help decide what kind of activities they want to do. So I would say that we have gotten really, really good at, in our field um, and that's clear in the study that parents are more satisfied than ever with their after-school programs at um, doing things that are fun and uh, they're also educational and enhancing learning. Um, there's there's so many ways to do that and I think one of the things we forget is that kids are natural learners. They're learning all the time um, and it doesn't have to be sitting at a desk in a classroom um, to gain that
2: knowledge more with jody grant from after school alliance and heather Nestle from the new york life foundation straight ahead
0: hello out there everybody it's me tigger T i double g er that
2: spells tigger and don't forget to remember to listen to tom sumner program on account of because he's so bouncy <laughs>
1: Jingle bell, jingle bell, jingle bell rock Jingle bell swing and jingle
4: bell ring. Snowing and blowing up bushes of
1: fun. Now the jingle hop has begun. Jingle, jingle bell, jingle bell, jingle bell rock Jingle bell chime and jingle bell time. Dancing and prancing in jingle bell square. In the frosty, frosty air. What a bright time. Time to ride the night away. Jingle bells, jingle bells, bells jingle bells, bells. To go gliding in a one horse sleigh. Give up, jingle horse, pick up your feet. Jingle around the clock. Mix and mingle in a jingle beat. That's the jingle bell rock, jingle, 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 giddy up, jingle horse, pick up your feet, jingle around the clock. Mix and mingle in the jingle and beat. That's the jingle in jingle bell rock. Jing jing jingle, jingle bell-rock one more time. Come on and giddy up, jingle, horse, pick up your feet, and jingle around the clock. Mix and jingle in a jingling beat. the jingle and That's the jingle and jingle bell ride jingle jing, jing jingle bell ride
2: Hey, this is Tom. Most of the music you hear on the Tom Sumner program is provided by local artists. Tune in Fridays for live music and conversation with some of the area's most talented singers, songwriters, and performers. Hi, this is Greg Nagy. Hey, this is Hopper. Hi, this is Joe By from the Blue Lions. Hi, this is Alexander Zonjic. Hi, this is Mark Farner. This is Maurice Davis.
1: Hi, this is Rochelle Ray.
2: Hi there, folks. This is Sweet Willie T. Hey, this is Steve from the Nashville office.
1: I'm Gwen Pennyman Hemphill. Shada Buddy Buddy.
2: The Tom Sumner program celebrating the rich talent pool from Flint, Genesee County, and throughout Michigan. from
3: Alicia, Elena, Gabriella, Erica,
2: and the Tom Sumner program. Christmas 2020 may be very different than holidays of old. Christmas Eve on the Tom Sumner Program can bring back some treasured memories with an encore of our Thanksgiving 2020 show featuring all holiday music. And our Christmas music is better than everybody else's because it's local. Let the Tom Sumner Program be your Christmas Eve soundtrack streaming from 9 a.m. to noon Eastern at TomSumnerProgram.com repeating online all day and night, simulcast on WFOV 92.1, FM in Flint at 9 a.m. and p.m. Happy Holidays from the Tom Sumner Program.
1: We wish you a Merry Christmas from the Tom Sumner
2: More with Jody Grant from After School Alliance and Heather Nestle from the New York Life Foundation straight ahead. We hear teachers uh, complain a lot about teaching to tests. This is an opportunity to teach to curiosity, isn't it?
5: Absolutely. And I think, you know, what we often see is that children will get more one-on-one attention in after school programs. Um, which they really want and which is also really helpful in terms of understanding concepts, reinforcing the things that they're learning in schools. And a lot of these programs are working hand-in-hand with the schools to understand what's happening during the school day so that they can augment and perhaps make you know more interesting for some kids uh, what they're learning in the school. And so, you know, the, the best programs are making learning fun. Sometimes the kids aren 't even realizing that they 're learning or being reinforcing you know some of the concepts they 've learned during the school day, um, and because there 's so much choice involved with after school, children really feel like they are leading and they are deciding what they 're learning, which I think also makes a big difference
2: uh, Jody, you started to talk a little bit about some of the things that you 've uncovered uh, from this study. Um, how was the study done? when was it done? and and you sort of hinted that that there were for every kid in an after school program there were four that would like to be um what what are some of the shortcomings um in terms of money and resources that prevent their um, being able to participate
0: so so this study is something the after school alliance has done now in um 2004 2009 2014 and now 2020, and I actually want to thank New York Life because they are um, one of the supporters that made this possible, and it's really the only snapshot we have of what kids are doing in the hours after school. Um, So we interviewed over 30,000 parents, um, and we interviewed um, in all 50 states so that we have state-level data um, to really get a sense of what kids are doing in those hours after school, and um, what we found um, really surprised us, which was that... um, the demand for after school has gone up significantly um, across the country. For every child that's in an after school program, the parents of three more kids want them. In Michigan, it's even bigger. It's the parents of four more kids want these programs but don't have access to them. Um, the big barriers are cost and transportation. And what we've seen has been actually a decrease in the number of kids in after school because more and more parents can't afford it. It's what you're hearing all the time with, you know, pay-to-play, where we're seeing these inequities grow and lack of opportunities that are really essential for our country that kids are losing out on because they're not able to participate in after-school programs um, because the funding's not there. And um, we have actually, you know, looked into some of the federal funding streams, and they've been pretty constant. And, um, you know, I want to give a shout-out to um, Congressman Kildy, who's one of our huge champions in Congress. Um, but what we've seen is, you know, the federal investments have pretty much been stagnant. So they are a safety net for the low-income families that are in after-school because um, it's really that bottom 40% that can't afford it, um, There, that's what's, what's um, making these programs possible. But it's nowhere near enough to meet the needs, and it hasn't been keeping up with inflation. So um, we really need more public investments. Um, private philanthropy is great, but it can't come close to, the public investments that really are worthwhile. Because for every dollar that's invested in after school, we save more than three in the long run. Um, And we're absolutely, you know, preparing our kids for the future and it will make our economy stronger.
5: Yeah, and as we think about the funding that's going to be needed to, you know, rebuild the economy and get us out of sort of, you know, into this post-pandemic world, I think it's even more important to think about programs like after school, which will allow more families to go back to work and to work, you know, during sort of normal working hours during the day, knowing that their kids are being taken care of and being provided with high-quality, um, you know, after-school programming.
2: Would a new normal... And I that has... the other... Go ahead, okay, Julie. I would say
0: the other big finding is um, support for after-school has gone up. So there's... Parents are more satisfied than ever, you know, through the roof on how happy they are with their after-school programs. Um, but the other thing we've seen is when I talk about public investment, there's huge support for increasing public investment in after-school, and that is bipartisan. This is not – this is something that brings Americans together. Republicans, Democrats, independents, rural, urban, suburban, 87% of parents want to see public investments in after-school.
2: You know, in Michigan, uh, of course, Michigan is uh, <laughs> the home of Betsy DeVos, um, and there's there's been a trend toward um, increasing numbers of kids who who don't go to public schools; they go to charter schools or private schools. Um, does that trend have any impact on after school programming and funding for after school programming?
0: Um, No, the the reality is that the after-school field serves all kids um, regardless of what they do um, during the school day. So there are charter schools that have um, after-school programs as part of them where kids can go to an after-school program, private schools, parochial schools, even kids that are homeschooled um, can go to an after-school program. So, you know, what what we do is really um, supplementing school day or it's all day long but um you know it's actually one of the other you know ironies is that because so many of these programs have now have a virtual component they're actually able to reach more kids um, on that virtual piece so um so yeah we're, we we work with all students um regardless of what type of school they attend
2: do you expect as we get into a uh, post-pandemic uh new normal it's being called, and and people are predicting that uh, a lot of parents will be remotely working, That that more people will work from home. Will that decrease the need for some kids to have an alternative to going to an empty home?
5: Well, I can speak to that as a working parent who is working from home with two young children. And I can wholeheartedly say that no, it will not be <laughs> the need um, to have your children. Uh, I
2: think I know uh, where you're going with this, you know, Heather. In
5: a, a high-quality program, yeah. I mean, you know, and, and I'll say, you know, obviously one of the the only bright spots in this pandemic, at least you know for me, has been that I've gotten to spend a lot more time with my children. But you know, I, I think it's, it's probably pretty obvious that it's incredibly difficult um, to get work done to be on meetings when you have children who you know have needs and they need attention, they need and help, so um, I I don't see that as something that will be a um, a real you know downturn for for after school programs. But I think if anything, um, you know people are going to be looking as soon as these things are offered more broadly. Um, working parents are going to be looking for these options because it will help them to to be more
0: productive in their jobs. Yeah, and I, I just want to add that there's um you know the the benefits of after school are so much more than supporting working parents, and that's key. But we're talking about um, experiences that help grow a child's mind. And I think that parents, and this is another thing we found in our study, um, parents that can afford it always pay for enrichment for their kids. Um, And so whether it's, Um, sports or what we call non-competitive sports that you might have, you know, playing tennis in after school or coding or theater, Um, all of these um, activities um, enable social growth, um, build, you know, business skills, and parents absolutely want them for their kids, Um, not just um, to keep them safe, which is part of it, but because they know it's really good for their kids, and I can say as a parent too, my kids desperately need to be around their peers um, in a social setting, not just sitting in a classroom where they often don't have time to interact.
5: And Absolutely, I would echo that. You know, I have a, a nine-year-old and I have a four and a half-year-old, and you know, the nine-year-old who normally might complain about having to go to school every day, you know, the days that he gets to go to school are are. A really, really good positive days for him, and he really craves more social interaction. And I think all of us are craving that during the pandemic. So again, once once more options open up and um, children are able to attend more in person programs, I see actually the demand going through the roof.
2: You know, we've all had to adjust to a lot more uh, virtual. Work and school, and and you mentioned that uh, after school programs are developing virtual components. And what I'm wondering is, uh, when we get into a post pandemic uh, uh, life again, um, will we see those virtual components to after school stick around, and will that have an impact on maybe? making it possible for more kids to participate because it's less expensive?
0: I think, um, you know, I like where you're going. I think the answer is yes, and I also want to give a shout-out to the Mott Foundation um, because they have an app that all of your listeners can use called Mizzen, that has a lot of this programming that's free on it that, you know, after-school programs can use, but parents can use it too. Um, I think it's going to allow us to reach more kids, but what I actually hope, and Heather has talked about this, is that as we go into the recovery and our kids are behind, that we can really embrace the idea that, um, what we've all learned, which is that um, kids can learn outside the classroom, that you do not need to be in the four walls of a school building with a teacher to learn, that that's very important, that all sorts of learning goes on, and that kids can get credit for the learning they do outside the classroom. So it's possible that if you're falling behind in a course, you might be able to take a virtual class in an after-school classroom um, after class or over the summer and catch up without going back to school, that you can get credit for um, some kind of fun robotics class that you do in an after-school program that you can get credit for an internship or a job if you're an older child. You can get credit for an environmental ed class if you're doing outdoor ed as part of your um, after-school program. So to really think of a learning ecosystem and much more holistically as we catch our kids back up. And I think virtual learning will absolutely be a piece of that. It's also going to help when, um, whenever kids can't go to school um, to catch back up. Right, no more snow days. Um, but I would say, uh, <laughs> just,
5: um, reimagining, you know, what, what in-school education looks like and looking at how we can take the lessons learned from the pandemic as we move forward, and that definitely includes virtual learning. You know, I look at this as an opportunity to expand the options. I don't, I don't think it's necessarily going to replace them because, as we've talked about, you know, children really do need that in-person social-emotional growth. Um, But I do think, you know, because of some of the transportation issues and other things that Jody spoke of before, you know, these new options um, will give us, will give children more opportunity to participate. But I also just want to say I'm not sure that necessarily lowers the cost. I think, if anything, it requires after-school programs similarly to to schools um, to now have sort of two modes of reaching children, uh, which doesn't necessarily, you know, limit the expense, but does allow for more options and more children to participate.
2: Well, yeah, that's that's what I was thinking. Is less expensive for the you know for the families potentially, but more importantly, it it could uh, virtual uh, after school programming could uh, uh, solve the transportation problem. Um, it it helps, but
0: um, I think I'm going to echo what Heather said. I think one of the glaring things we're hearing from parents in our surveys about COVID is that they are every bit as concerned about um, loss of social interaction as they are with um, academic loss. And so I think we, you know, it's so easy with um, computers today to be isolated. And so I think we want to keep that component. I do think one of the things we're seeing with these learning centers and hubs is, again, that um, you can be really creative about where you have these programs. So if you look at a place like San Francisco um, where they actually can't use the schools right now, they are in parks and libraries, um, parks and recs, um, tourist sites, um, you know com- you know buildings that aren't being o- you know an office that isn't being operated right now for space. so to really think creatively about all the places where our kids, can be learning and with whom they can be learning. Science centers, um, universities, so that we can, you know, deal with some of these issues. But I think the the other reality is that, you know, if we really want to serve all the kids um, that, you know, whose parents want these programs and need these programs, we need to be doing a lot more as a country at every level and. Um, the payback will be worth it because it will make our economy stronger. Um, it will help our kids graduate with skills to have jobs in their community. Um, but, um, but we need to really up our game. And the money that we're putting in now, you know, is a tenth of where we actually need to be. Yeah, And I think to bring it close to home, you know, for every child
5: in an after-school program today, three more are waiting to get in. And in Michigan, it's actually even a little bit worse. You know, for every child in an after-school program in Michigan, four more are waiting to get in. So more options, more funding will make that, um, you know, that possibility more real for children in Michigan and for their parents, and I think that's, you know, that that is what we are all looking to do.
2: Is there, as as we get more involved in virtual learning and and virtual components to after-school programming is is there any concern about too much screen time or is that ship sailed <laughs> there's
0: always concern about too much screen time um and you know it doesn't all have to be you know like there's, it's hybrids too you know i've seen great you know great things where kids are doing soccer drills and somebody's watching them do a drill and giving them feedback so I think, um, but I do think you want a balance, Um, otherwise we're going to have kids, all these kids in classes. (laughs) No, I think it's, um, and we don't want kids just sitting around. Like we know that activity and movement um, and social interaction is is super important. Um, So I think at at this point, you know, we're all doing the best we can given, you know, a pandemic um, and surviving it, and we want to be able to come out of this pandemic stronger. Right Not weaker, and take all of the best things that we've discovered, including you know some of these programs, like a kid might be able to do it at nine o'clock at night, um, so really have some of that flexibility, um, but um, also you know get back to much more in-person interaction.
2: Yeah, and you both have have echoed that a couple of times uh, that that in-person uh, opportunities are are really an important element of this. Who is this uh, report geared toward? Who do you want this report to be in front of, and how can people access it?
0: So um, I would encourage everyone to go to our website, www.afterschoolalliance.org. We have a dashboard. You can click on it to get more information about... um, Michigan or your state, and we really want it for everyone. So we want um, parents and voters um, to recognize um, that we're lacking and that we absolutely need to do more. We want policymakers to see this and to see how excited parents are in after-school programs and how there is huge widespread support for doing more. and um, we want communities to see it because I think when people truly, when you're talking about, you know, playing basketball, uh, that's not today's after school programs. Today's after school programs are comprehensive and extraordinary with engaged kids and caring adults, um, really working with those kids from a, you know, strength based position on building up their confidence and their collaboration. Uh, when people see that, um, they want more of that for all of our kids, and that's our greatest strength: is the programs and what they're doing themselves.
2: Heather, um, and, um,
0: and if you have listeners,
2: yeah, go ahead, Jody.
0: Well, I was gonna—I was actually gonna go to Heather too because um, New York Light has is just about to open a um, a great, um, great um, program where programs can um, can apply to. Um, Actually, receive funding for some of the work they do through Aim High, where we pick exemplary programs, um, and then they actually get
2: a grant. Heather, do you the see? Opens
0: on December fifteenth.
2: Heather, do you see right. uh, public support of uh, these kinds of programs as uh, maybe taking some of the weight uh. off of foundations like New York Life or the Mott Foundation, or do you see it as? Um, helping to fill gaps that the foundations can't fully fund?
5: Yeah, I mean, I think it's probably a bit of the reverse, where, you know, like, like most social programs, you know, across the country, government funding is going to provide the bulk of the funding, and I think, you know, foundations and private donors are going to fill in the gaps. And I think, you know, when you have a strong public-private partnership, the New York Life Foundation is going to continue to invest. You know, we've invested more than $58 million in this space since 2013. We're not going away. But it would be nice to be able to use foundation funding for more innovative, um, you know, sort of new programs to innovate, to try to think of what new ways of doing things that can then be embedded within a national and local funding program so that we can make sure these programs sustain and it's not dependent on, you know, whether or not a business or a person can – Feels that they can contribute at that time, so I think that you know it's really a collaboration, and it works really well. And I don't think foundations and um, individual donors who care about this are going away. But I do think that in order to reach the scale that we know we need to reach, we absolutely need that government funding to go alongside with foundation and individual donors.
2: Well, Jody, Heather, I really appreciate you spending this time with me. I can't believe how fast it's gone, and we're just about out of time. Um, I think we touched on it already, but I always give guests an opportunity to let listeners know where they can find out more about what we've been talking about. Um, do you want to share those uh, those websites again, Jody, first, maybe? Oh,
0: so, yes. Once again, go to www.afterschoolalliance.org, and... Um, As of next week, we'll have the information for AIM High, which is um, New York Life Foundation's opportunity to really support best practices, which we will then share with all of you. Yeah, and I think that grant program offers
5: grants up to um, $100,000 for quality after-school programs that are looking to expand. Um, So I hope that there are some programs in Michigan that will get ready and and will apply.
2: Well, thank you both for uh, spending this time with me, and uh, keep up the good work. Thank you. Thank you so much. All right. Take care. That was uh, Jody Grant, Executive Director of After School Alliance, and Heather Nestle, President of the New York Life Foundation, talking about a new study exploring what America's children and youth are doing after school nationally and in each state. We'll have more of the Tom Sumner program straight ahead. The Tom Sumner Program takes a look back at 2020, Monday and Tuesday, December 28th and 9th, with a two-part special called 2020 Highlights, Not Just COVID. Here special guests provide commentary and analysis about the Mueller report, impeachment, the State of the Union, State of the State, virtual political conventions and debates, plus civil unrest, and Sheriff Chris Swanson's response to local demonstrations, and a whole lot more. Listen December 28th and 9th because there was more to 2020 than COVID-19. Stream the show from 9 a.m. to noon Eastern at TomSumnerProgram.com, repeating online all day and night. Or tune in on 92.1 FM in Flint at 9 a.m. and p.m. both nights. That's 2020 Highlights, not just COVID, December 28th and 9th on the Tom Sumner Program.
1: We wish you a Merry Christmas. From a Tom some
2: days from 9am to noon Eastern at tomsumnerprogram.com. Selected segments are also available on this and other radio stations, but you can hear us anytime. Daily editions of the Tom Sumner program repeat online all day and night on the show's website. Past shows can be found in the website archives. My long-format interviews with New York Times best-selling authors hands, no matter whose they are, can spread the germs of many common diseases. That's why I want you to realize how important it is to keep hands clean, to wash them regularly and always before meals with Lifebuoy, which not only removes dirt, but helps to remove germs. Teach the children this habit. Form it yourself. Always use Lifebuoy for hands and face as well as the bath. A message from the CDC and the Ad Council. How do you do, ladies and gentlemen? This is Bob
0: Hope back once again to tell you it's better to have Pepsodent flowing over your teeth now than to have water running under your bridge later.
6: (laughs) Happy Holidays!
2: From
3: Haley, Alex, Alexis, Hope!
2: And the Tom
4: Sumner Program.
2: Hey, welcome back, everybody. Uh, this is the Tom Sumner Program. My apologies. We had a little glitch during the last segment um, with uh, our guests. Um, uh, part two of uh, my interview with um, Jody and uh, Heather Uh didn't play properly. So I'll try and reschedule that for another time when I can, when I can get it in because it's uh, an interesting conversation about after-school programming. But joining me now by phone uh, from the Genesee Health Plan with uh, information about an important opportunity going on later today in the Flint area is um, Yvonne Lewis. Uh, Yvonne, welcome to the show.
3: Good morning, Tom. Thank you so much. It's a pleasure to be here with you today.
2: Well, it's cold and flu season, and Genesee Health Plan recently held a uh, flu drive through vaccination uh, program, and they're doing part two today, right?
3: Yes, actually, Tom, we're doing part three. Is and it really? One is, yeah, we did one in September. I had over 200 people come. We had another one. For family, friends, and staff in, in October, was very well attended, a little over 50 people. And then today, as you said, we're having our, our third event at the health plan, starting at 3 o'clock today, going to 6 p.m.
2: And, and where do people go for that? They
3: can come to the health plan at 2171 South Linden Road. We're sandwiched right between the McDonald's and Gordon Foods if they need a, if they need a marker. And uh, all they have to do, Tom, is drive up. We'll have folks there waiting for them and let us know they want a flu vaccine only. Or if they want additional vaccines, we'll also have opportunities for that. So the Walgreens Pharmacy is one of our partners that will be providing the, the vaccines in our bays so they can drive up roll their window down, roll their sleeve up, and get the vaccine in the bay. Or if they have children that are younger than six years old or four years old, and they also want to maybe get a flu, uh, the flu vaccine along with maybe pneumonia or TDAF, they get, they'll be uh, guided to come inside to the health department that will be providing those vaccines. Universal uh, other precautions necessary for COVID are being uh, uh, rec- uh, recognized.
2: In other words, masking and social distancing, et cetera.
3: Masking, social distancing, we'll have a temperature check, and, uh, of course, make sure that no one has the the flow so no one kind of is jumbled into a small spot. There'll be the social distancing. So we'll make sure that everybody will be safe during this event today.
2: Now, you mentioned a couple of other uh, vaccines primarily for children. Are there other vaccines for adults available? What what all yes, can like people said, get?
6: Yeah,
3: for seniors, sixty five and up, we'll have that high dose vaccine that's recommended. Uh, also, for uh, seniors, the, the the pneumonia vaccine is available, and you know, it, even some some of the adults need to get that Tdap because. Uh, pertussis, which is in there, Uh, sometimes adults are the carriers for pertussis, which then gives it to children. And then those children are, 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 we used to call it whooping cough, they become seriously ill. So this is an opportunity to have those taken care of as well.
2: Are there any side effects to the uh, flu vaccine this year? Last year's was kind of intense.
3: Well, they use the same vaccine, but to this point, Tom, we have not gotten any Um, indication that people are having any serious side effects from the flu vaccine, none other than what's typical, and I tell people all the time, Tom, if they've already got a cold and fever, this is not the time to get the flu back because when they get that vaccine, it's going to go to work and start building up those antibodies and could cause them to be ill. But often people get the flu uh, confused, the upper respiratory virus flu, confused with what we call the stomach flu. And sometimes they have a, a stomach virus, which is called a retrovirus. Uh, but we do encourage people, if you are, uh, are not having any real serious health issues where you need to see a primary care provider, you need an opportunity to get that flu back or these other vaccines without having to go and make a doctor's appointment. A day like today when it's beautiful outside, a little crisp, uh, but you can just drive in and get this taken care of, especially... Uh, Tom, during this week, this National Influenza Vaccination Week, uh, sponsored by the Centers for Disease Control, we're getting ready for Christmas and New Year's, as you know. And this is all for the last few years, they've been pushing and encouraging getting the vaccines now. So we build up immunity for our families, protect ourselves and our families. And in the world of COVID, that's even more important.
2: That's that's true. Um, Is there anything that that people should be aware of as to uh, the procedure uh, they they come to the Genesee health plan, and <clears throat> they maybe should get there early, should they plan to spend a few minutes before they leave, or do they just pull up, blam, get a shot in the arm don't even have to get out of the car and drive off
3: right they absolutely don't have to get out unless they want to the other vaccines that mentioned that are inside. But when we had our event in, in, in uh, September, it wasn't a long wait because we have two pharmacists from Walgreen in the base, so it moves quite quickly. And we do a little bit of a triage, but we also have fun. We talk to, to our participants, and then we have care kits for them today. Uh, Blue Cross Blue Shield and Blue Care Network have partnered with us this time, and we have a nice little care kit. It's a package of goodies that people will need uh, during this time, some extra gloves, some hand sanitizer, even a little bit of tissue for the nose, uh, hand wipes. So there, there's some goodies that we will talk to them about and share with them as they're waiting so it isn't a long wait.
2: Well, um Again, this starts at three o'clock, and uh, Genesee Health Plan is located where?
3: At twenty one seventy one South Linden Road. Like I can say right on Linden Road between the McDonald's there and Gordon Foods. Yes, we start, and, and people they they come as early as two thirty to get in line. They want to be the first one in line, um, <laughs> it, and and it and it's really simple. They don't have to get out of their car at all if they don't have to. All the paperwork, every, they will have their own ink pen. So not sharing e-pens even when they fill out their paperwork and all the staff will be properly masked and even some will be wearing gloves if they have to interact with the, with the, the
2: participants if I'm, where can people uh go to find out more about genesee health plan and some of the other programs that uh, that you uh
3: do yeah, they can go on our website. We have a website at org. So if they remember Genesee Health Plan, then just type that in on their search bar and you, and see all about the health plan. We have uh, highlighted in their newsletter the other events that are going on at the health plan. Or they can they can call us. We are still open for business. Uh, we're not having the public come in. But, Tom, we've worked out a way with our staff uh, to work and really make sure that all of our uh, participants or those who even just call for information and support can get that help they can call us at 844 this is a toll-free number 844-232-7740 and of course if they're in Flint they can just call us at 232-7740 and we'd be happy to answer any questions and support them with getting health care coverage As well as these other supportive services that we have.
2: Well I hope you get a big turnout today and Yvonne thanks for uh, sharing this information with me this morning.
3: Well thanks Tom so much for having us on and we do look forward to really being ready to greet all those that come to get their uh, services today.
2: All right take care. Thank you. Bye-bye. That was uh, Yvonne Lewis from the Genesee Health Plan. They are uh, doing their drive-through flu vaccine this afternoon at 3 p.m. at their offices.
1: Christmas is sure to fail. Santa is stuck in jail. Mrs. Claus Creek and the elves are on the street. Jail. Santa was on his way with a whole lot of stuff in his sleigh. At the very first stop, he was spotted by a cop who said,
4: "Man, what you doing up there on that rooftop? You ain't got no ID. Well, you're gonna have to come
1: along with me. Christmas is sure to fail. Santa is stuck in jail. Miss Clark's freaked and the elves are on the street trying to raise money for bail." should
4: have failed if we can't get Santa out of jail. So they took him to the judge in the middle of the night and the judge said, yeah, I think you're nuts alright, but I'll give you
3: one chance to prove me wrong. Make me believe you're the real Santa Claus and if you can do that right well, I'll let you sleep it up at home
2: tonight yeah <laughs> Santa hunker down low And he put his finger on the side of his nose And he started humming Christmas carols real He said When you were five years old, your name was
3: Greg You left me milk and cookies and a note that said
1: Dear Santa, all I really want is a puppy I love him forever and I'll name him Buddy so
3: you did for 15 years till buddy passed away and you cried many tears
4: and you lost your faith like so many do but i got a little something to tell you that's true the love you give never really goes away and it all comes
3: back on christmas day so here's a little something that
2: i want to give to you and santa handed him a puppy named buddy jr
1: What did the judge say? Yeah, it's only the hanging. Well, the judge sat back and
3: his face turned white. His lips started quivering. There were tears in his eyes. He looked at that puppy wrapped up in his sleeve and said, Good God Almighty, I believe. Philip, set that man free. He's got things to do. It's Christmas
2: Eve. You pilots, get off of my lawn. We're trying to do a radio show down here. It's a Tom Sumner program. Don't you know? Go on! Go on, get out of here!
6: It's